Good morning, Sonship, and welcome to A Course in Miracles daily reading conference call where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today we're reading from Chapter 30, Paragraph 40, 9 to 56, The Truth Behind Illusions. And you can access an original edition by going to jcim.net, and there you will see a link that says, um, online edition. We gather Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll read each paragraph twice until we are finished. We also invite our daily lesson 316 into our study today. All gifts I give my brothers are my own. Finally, we ask that you mute your phone at all times unless you're speaking by using your own mute function. So at this moment, I have Fran driving and reading in order. We have Lee I, so, excuse me, Bryce, Lee, Paula, and Carl. So has anyone joined the call that would like to get on the reading list? I would. This is Sharon. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, it's Thursday. Sharon, you, you, you do the opening, right? Yes, I do. Oh, terrific. I'm sorry, Paula. I um, got my days mixed up. All okay. right. Has anyone else joined the call? All right. This is Rayla, and I'm just listening. Hey, in this whole... hey, Rayla. Nice to hear from you. Glad you're here. All right, Sharon, take it away. Thank you. Dear brothers and sisters, we look carefully at the thought process of the ego. We come to realize that when we are disappointed... It is because what we thought would make us happy falls short. And anyone who has been in a romantic relationship has experienced this. The ego thought process always falls short. So, in terms of a romantic relationship, in my own personal life, I certainly have not always been verbal about my attacks, but in my mind, oh man, I know that anything I use the ego to create, to make, will disappoint me. Dear Brother Jesus, thank you for for pointing out that we believe we are not safe simply because we don't understand the rules of creation. So we make up our own rules, and they never work. We don't realize that available to us is always that which makes us perfectly safe. What we see startles us. I love the way you illustrate this with the way children play with their toys. The very young may be frightened by the behavior of a toy that seems to have its own life simply because he or she is startled by it. However, a toy cannot put him or her in any danger. And so it is true for us as well. We think life is unpredictable and could turn against us at any moment. Our job or loved one could be, quote, taken from us. We could discover we have cancer. We could be badly injured in an auto accident. We make this world of fear and disillusionment, yet we are really in no danger at all. We read, quote, 
reality it serves the laws of God and not the rules you set. It is his laws which guarantee your safety. All illusions that you believe about yourself obey no laws. They seem to dance a little while according to the rules you set for them. But when they fall, and then they fall and cannot rise again. Unquote. You ask us to not focus on appearances, the things we make up. They can only upset us. This begs for me the question, quote, this question, why do I make up things that upset me? But maybe that is another day's discussion. It's always a little bit on the back of my mind. I choose increasingly more often to question my thoughts. I love the advice I found on Facebook once. It was, do not believe everything you think. You remind me, God's son needs no defense against his dreams. His idols do not threaten him at all. His one mistake is that he thinks them real. What can the power of illusions do? And yes, it is true. I so do want the pain and fear that occurs in this world I made up to vanish. And it is so wonderful that I can ask for it all to become increasingly less real to me and for the real world to come into full relief. And as I do, this takes place for me. I can feel it. I know it is true. I'm beginning to glimpse my own freedom. Thank you. You instruct me that I can find increasingly more freedom as I forgive. So, my friend who appears to be in a deep habit of bitterness over all the times she has been done wrong only bothers me because I believe I have been done wrong and don't want to look at it. After all, I'm above the victim game, right? <laughs> right. So I sit here considering this. When, I, when do I believe I am a victim and of who and how? I believe I'm excluded, I've been judged, I'm not respected or valued. This is because I'm not sure of my own value. Oh, this is such an old and tired thought. I ask you, dear brother Jesus, please help me lift this belief once and for all. I have no need of it. It only holds me back. And I know it is lifting. As my creativity is showing up again, that is a sign of, a real, sign of its lifting, right? Creativity is a sign of your... And, and God's flowing through me, right? I am inspired again. Thank you. Thank you for helping me become free. I do not want to return to those traps. What will life be like as all of this continues to lift? Happy, more alive. I'm going to finish that painting on my easel. It won't be hard. You will help me, right? You like to paint, right? It will be a pleasure to do it with you. I want the will of God to take place through me. I want to move through my day in a spirit of 
lightness, gathering peace and sweetness as I go. I want to bless lots of people today. Oh, this is the kind of day I want. Thank you for helping me notice those idle creating thoughts today. Thank you for helping me see through them and let them go. My, thy will be done. Freedom is mine today through your grace. Can I be a blessing to you? I would be so honored. So honored. Thank you for this opportunity to do so today. Thank you for walking with me so that it can flow, all flow, according to God's will and my own. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. The truth behind delusions. Ooh, sorry. 49. You will attack what does not satisfy, and thus you will not see you made it up. You always fight illusions. The truth behind them is so lovely and so, so still in loving gentleness. Were you aware of it, would you forget defensiveness entirely and rush to its embrace? The truth could never be attacked, and this you knew when you made idols. They were made that this might be forgotten, and you attack but false ideas and never truthful ones. All idols are false ideas you made to fill the gap you think you arose between yourself and what is true, and you attack them for the things you think they represent. What lies beyond them cannot be attacked. Bryce, 49 and 50, please. You will attack what does not satisfy, and thus you will not see you made it up. You always find illusions, for the truth behind them is so lovely and so still in loving gentleness. Were you aware of it, you would forget defensiveness entirely and rush to its embrace. The truth could never be attacked, and this you knew when you made idols. They were made that this might be forgotten. You attack but false ideas, and never truthful ones. All idols are the false ideas you made to fill the gap you think arose between yourself and what is true. And you attack them for the things you think they represent. What lies beyond them cannot be attacked. 50. The wearying, satisfying gods you made are blown-up children toys. A child is frightened when a wooden head springs up as a closed box is opened suddenly, or when a soft and silent woolly bear begins to squeak as he takes hold of it. The rules he made for boxes and for bears have failed him and have broken his quote-unquote control of what surrounds him. And he is afraid because he thought the rules protected him. Now must he learn the boxes and the bears did not deceive him, broke no rules, 
nor mean his world is made chaotic and unsafe. He was mistaken. He misunderstood what made him safe and thought that it had left. Thank you, Bryce. Lee, 50 and 51, please. The wearying, dissatisfying gods you made are blown-up children's toys. A child is frightened when a wooden head springs up as a closed box is opened suddenly, or when a soft and silent woolly bear begins to squeak as he takes hold of it. The rules he made for boxes and for bears have failed him and have broken his control of what surrounds him. And he is afraid because he thought the rules protected him. Now must he learn the boxes and the bears did not deceive him, broke no rules, nor mean his world is made chaotic and unsafe. He was mistaken. He misunderstood what made him safe and thought that it had left. 51. The gap that is not there is filled with toys in countless forms. And each one seems to break the rules you set for it. It never was the thing you thought. It must appear to break your rules for safety, since the rules were wrong. But you are not endangered. You can laugh at popping heads and squeaking toys, as does the child who learns they are no threat to him. Yet while he likes to play with them, he still perceives them as obeying rules he made for his enjoyment. So there still are rules which they can seem to break and frighten him. Yet is he at the mercy of his toys? And can they represent a threat to him? Thank you, Lee. Paula, 51 and 52, please. The gap that is not there is filled with toys in countless forms. And each one seems to break the rules you set for it. It never was the thing you thought. It must appear to break your rules for safety, since the rules were wrong. But you are not endangered. You can laugh at popping heads and squeaking toys, as does the child who learns they are, not, they are no threat to him. Yet while he likes to play with them, he still perceives them as obeying laws he made for his enjoyment. So there still are rules which they can seem to break and frighten him. Yet is he at the mercy of his toys? And can they represent a threat a threat to him? 52. Reality observes the laws of love, of God, and not the rules you set. It is his laws which guarantee your safety. All illusions that you believe about yourself obey no laws. They seem to dance a little while according to the rules you set for them, but then they fail, fall, and cannot rise again. They are but toys, my children, 
Do not grieve for them. Their dancing never brought you joy, but neither were they things to frighten you nor make you safe if they obeyed your rules. They must be neither cherished nor attacked by merely looked up- but merely looked upon as children's toys without a single meaning of their own. See one in them and you see them all. See none in them and they will not and they will touch you not. Thank you, Paula. Carl fifty two and fifty three, please. Reality observes the laws of God and not the rules you set. It is, it is his laws which guarantee your safety. All illusions that you believe about yourself obey no laws. They seem to dance a little while according to the rules you set for them, but then they fall apart and cannot rise again. They are but toys, my children. Do not grieve for them. Their dancing never brought you joy, but neither were but neither were they things to frighten you or make you safe if they obeyed your rules. They must be either cherished, they must be neither cherished nor attacked, but merely looked upon as children's toys without a single meaning of their own. See one in them and you will see them all. See none in them and they will touch you not. 53. Appearances deceive because they are appearances and not reality. Dwell not on them in any form. They but obscure reality and they bring fear because they hide the truth. Do not attack what you have made to let you be deceived, for thus you prove that you have been deceived. Attack has power to make illusions real, yet what it makes is nothing. Who could be made fearful by a power that can have no effects at all? What could it be but an illusion, making things appear like to itself? Look calmly at its toys and understand that they are idols which but dance to vain desires. Give them not your worship, for they are not there. Yet this is equally forgotten in attack. God's son needs no defense against his dreams. His idols do not threaten him at all. His one mistake is that he thinks them real. What can the power of illusions do? Thank you, Carl. Sharon, 53 and 54, please. Appearances deceive because they are appearances and not reality. Do not dwell on them in any form. They but obscure reality, and they bring fear, because they hide the truth. Do not attack what you have made, to let you be deceived. For thus you prove that you have been deceived. Attack has power to make illusions real. Yet, what it makes is nothing. Who could be made fearful by a power that can have no real effects at all? What could it be but an illusion, making things appear like to itself? Look calmly at its toys and understand that they are idols which but dance to vain desires. Give them not your worship, for they are not there. 
yet this is equally forgotten in attack. God's son needs no defense against his dreams. His idols do not threaten him at all. His one mistake is that he thinks them real. What can the power of illusions do? Appearances can but deceive the mind that wants to be deceived. And you can make a simple choice that will forever place you far beyond deception. You need not concern yourself with how this will be done. Ah, for this you cannot understand. But you will understand that mighty changes have been quickly brought about when you decide one very simple thing. You do not want whatever you believe an idol gives. For thus the Son of God declares that he is free of idols, and thus is he free. Thank you, Sharon. Do we have a new reader, please, for 54 and 55? Chris, this is Fran. I'm still for a bit. I can read. Terrific. Thank you. 54. Appearances can but deceive the mind that wants to be deceived. And you can make a simple choice that will forever place you far beyond deception. You need not concern yourself with how this will be done. For this you cannot understand. But you will understand that mighty changes have been quickly brought about when you decide one very simple thing. You do not want whatever you believe an idol gives. For thus the Son of God declares that he is free of idols, and thus is he free. 55. Salvation is a paradox indeed. What could it be except a happy dream? It asks you, but that you... Forgive all things that no one ever did to overlook what is not there and not to look upon the unreal as reality. You are but asked to let your will be done and seek no longer for the things you do not want. And you are asked to let yourself be free of all the dreams of what you never were and seek no more to substitute the strength of idle wishes for the will of God. Thank you. Excuse me. Thank you, Fran. And do we have a new reader, please, for 55 and 56? Uh, This is Mary. I can read. Thanks, Mary. Salvation is a paradox indeed. What could it be except a happy dream? It asks you but that you forgive all things that no one ever did to overlook what is not there, and not to look upon the unreal as reality. You are but asked to let your will be done and seek no longer for the things you do not want. And you are asked to let yourself be free of all the dreams of what you never were and seek no more to substitute the strength of idle wishes for the will of God. 56. Here does the dream, excuse me, here does the dream of separation start to fade and disappear. 
For here the gap that is not there begins to be perceived without the toys of terror that you make. No more than this is asked. Be glad indeed salvation asks so little, not so much. It asks for nothing in reality. And even in illusions, it but asks forgiveness be the substitute for fear. Let me read that one again. And even in illusions, it but asks, Forgiveness be the substitute for fear. Such is the only rule for happy dreams. The gap is emptied of the toys of fear, and then its unreality is plain. Dreams are for nothing, and the Son of God can have no need of them. They offer him no single thing that he could ever want. He is delivered from illusions by his will and but restored to what he is. What could God's plan for his salvation be except a means to give him to himself? Thank you, Mary. And do we have a new reader, please, for 56? Okay, 56. Here does the dream of separation start to fade and disappear. For here the gap, that is, is not there. Wait, let's do this again. For here the gap, that is not there, begins to be perceived without toys of terror that you made. No more than this is asked. Be glad indeed, salvation asks so little and not so much. It asks for nothing in reality. Even in illusions, it asks but for forgiveness be the substitute for fear. Such is the only rule for happy dreams. The gap is emptied of the toys of fear, and then its unreality is plain. Dreams are for nothing, and the Son of God can have no need of them. They offer him no single thing that he could ever want, and he is delivered from illusions by his will, but and will and but restored to what he is. What could God's plan for salvation be except a means to give him to himself? Amen. The floor is open. This is Sharon. And a single sentence popped out at me in full release as we were reading it's, um, it's, boy, I need glasses. It's not 53. We're on the 50s, right? No, 60s. It was I think in 54. Uh, no, I mean the paragraph. Um, man, I'm sorry. I, I have to make that bigger to read it. It's 53, paragraph 53. <laughs> oh, man, funny. So um, it is uh, about a third of the way down the paragraph, or a little more, and it's so again, paragraph 53, attack has power to make illusions real. And it just became so clear to me reading this again that 
that if as I attack less or catch my attack thoughts, I probably should say, as I catch my attack thoughts more and ask for them to be healed, my illusions will decrease. That's sort of, that's sort of my logical conclusion there. And that by catching my attack thoughts, I am training myself to lighten them as they come up and not even have to think about it because I know this is my process. This is what's been happening. Um, so it's not simply, it, well, that's probably a form of forgiveness, but it's not forgiveness in the way that I normally think of it. So it's another angle to approach my atonement. Attack has power to make illusions real. So to decrease the power of attack, of uh, decrease the power of illusions, I question those attack thoughts and bring them to the light. This is powerful for me. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Forgive my guessing, 54, you read a sentence in 54 and with such meaning that it really popped out for me. Um, in 54, you put a lot of emphasis in the sentence. You'll understand that mighty changes have been quickly brought about when you decide one very simple thing. You do not want whatever you believe an idol gives. That rolls right into the one paragraph that is at the same time uh, the most powerful for me and the most humorous. There's just a little bit of what I recognize as his, his humor and his sarcasm. Just, you know, just a tinge like, come on, Lee, just, just realize this one thing. And this paragraph 55 is so complete unto itself that I almost want to remember it just as a stanza of his poetry because it encapsulates um, the Course. Salvation is a paradox indeed. What could it be except a happy dream? It asks you, but, that you forgive all things that no one ever did to overlook what is not there and not to look upon the unreal as reality. You are but asked to let your will be done and seek no longer for the things you do not want. And you are asked to let yourself be free of all the dreams of what you never were and seek no more to substitute the strength of idle wishes, wacky wishes, for the will of God. Just all complete within that paragraph. Um, there's an extent to which I think the Course is telling me that but for my confusion, 
I have the ability, because I have a right mind that holds the truth about myself and about everything, I have the ability for reality contact across this life and world. That's to see everything squarely as it is. Let all things be as they are. Not decide that I know better what I should be and I know better what everything should represent for me or offer to me. When I try to take what is and fashion it into what I prefer for my benefit, either in hopes that I'm, um, that I'm gifted with what I desire or what I don't want of a situation, when I try to control for my benefit, I make an idol of my images of that which I am trying to shape and mold. Those idols prevent the reality of anything or anyone from reaching me. That's the gap that he's telling me about in this course. The gap that I imagine exists between reality and my awareness. I fill that gap with all the stuff I want to believe about everything. All the stuff I want to justify about what I believe about everything. They're all my false beliefs. And they're crammed into that gap. And because they're false, I'm constantly disappointed by how things turn out. Because I'm never clued in on how things work because it's God laws, God's laws that are operating, never my laws. No matter how much I try or desire or achieve the power to try and control a domain of influence, whatever I do, they remain false idols. They never represent reality, and so they always fall. And when many of them fall, I become overly frightened, but never because of reality. I become frightened because my estimation of things has set me up for the fear and the dread and the loathing and all the rest that I suffer through. He's asking that I be willing to let go the dreams of what you are and the dreams of what I am that never represented the truth of either of us and invite just as deeply as I can, day by day, occasion by occasion, Holy Spirit's correction to close that gap and remove those toys of fear and the toys of um, they're both, aren't they? They're, bo- they're, they're toys of fear and they're toys of mistaken desire that I've stuffed into that gap. Even before I come to reality contact, I can make a conscious choice to have Holy Spirit strip that gap between me and the awareness of reality strip it of the fear and strip it of the undue desires the mistaken desires 
and then it becomes a happier dream. And I and I uh, and I know the course is eventually leading us beyond merely a happy dream to that condition where we recognize and are able to appreciate the mind's atonement, which ultimately represents reality contact. Just to have my mind awake to what is, awake to what I am, and awake to everything in light of what I come to remember about myself. Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee, so much. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Uh, Bryce, were you about to speak? No, I was just thinking, Lee. Thank you. Oh, okay. So, Lee, I was... Um, what you just said, uh, a specific thing you said really struck me, and I took um, some notes on my thoughts about it. So, um, if it's okay with you, Chris, I'll just read what I just wrote because otherwise I won't be able to remember. <laughs> um, so Lee said something along the lines of, I know I have the ability for reality contact across this life. So I realize that all I need to do, at least at this point in my awakening, is stop and question any time I have pain or fear. Just stop and look at it and say, ask myself, have I just hurt myself? Is it because I believe what is not really there? So, have I made my own rules? Is this an indication that I am following one of my own rules? And what in this case is it? And I realized that the rule that I most often follow is the belief that I'm not enough. So, if I feel pain, especially at work, and that's really the only place I feel pain, is um, very often, I mean, rarely do I feel pain in my relationship anymore, but if I feel pain at work, um, it's because I believe I'm not enough and that I will be judged because of it. And this is this construct that I made up and I have reinforced it all of my life, especially all of my adult life in terms of work. So all I need to do, because there is no order of difficulty of miracles, even though it is deeply ingrained in me, my illusionary thought system, all I need to do is each time lift it. Ah, gosh, I just felt it. Lift it to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> And that happens. I love it. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks, Sharon. Yes, thank you.
I had a very strange thing happen when you all were reading these particular paragraphs. Um, I could both pay attention to what you were reading and my early life passed in front of me with all the strange numbers and figures that represented where I was. But this time they actually arranged themselves differently. And it seemed that I was mentally erasing what I had developed to be the objectives of that life that I would follow until I found the Course in the Gnostic Gospels. It was a, uh, as if it were passing on a screen. It was very, very interestingly moving. I thank you all for being able to give me this. Um, through. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Mary, um, I have felt a lighter spirit in me this week. Uh, earlier in the week, I, I believe it was on Sarah's reflections, she was talking about that little knot of resistance that enters my stomach, <laughs> which you could call resistance, fear, whatever it is, to recognize that. And as Sharon and Leah said, to let it go to the Holy Spirit. But she was bringing out the importance of um, not fighting it and laughing. Just laughing. And as we were reading today, I was thinking about that and how that is a toy that I use to, to block myself from God's love. So just laugh at it. It's not real. And to release it to the Holy Spirit. And I've, I've been trying to do that this week. And each time I was aware of any type of resistance or that little knot, well, however you want to express it, to release it to the Holy Spirit and thank Him. Thank Him for the freedom and peace that He brings into my life. Thank you. I'm complete. Welcome. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mary. 
you know, this uh, first paragraph is a little uh, a little paradoxical. Uh, that's for the first paragraph. Uh, it's Number. worth looking at uh, paragraph 49, or it starts at 49. You will attack what does not satisfy. Um, that's that's worth thinking about a little bit for me. And especially where it says, and thus, you will not see you made it up. I think about the, the lesson. I'm never upset for the reason I think. Kind of what this first sentence is saying. You will attack what does not satisfy Almost, it's almost like saying, because you made it up. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but this seems not so obvious, but so, so telling about defensiveness of any kind comes in a way revealing the only reason I could be defensive is because I've made something up that I want to be true. <laughs> it, says, it says, for the truth behind them is so lovely and so stilling and loving gentleness, were you aware of it? You would forget forget defensiveness entirely and rush to its embrace. This is really wild. He says the truth could never be attacked, and this you knew <laughs> when you made idols. Now, more paradox. Wait a minute. I knew of the truth that could not be attacked, I knew of what was the case. It says that they were made that this might be forgotten. Was I, what was I thinking? Why would I, why would I lay aside heaven and fancy something else, try to defend it. <laughs> that sounds a little crazy, doesn't it? All idols are the false ideas I made up, it says, to fill the gap you think arose between yourself and what is true. There it is, right there. That's why the gap, I think, arose between myself and what is true. There's, there's the subtle 
blow to why I make idols. Uh, there's something missing between me and what is true that I ultimately am trying to, to fill. There's a tiny uh, gap that, that I'm maintaining somehow through through uh, through what I would would want to hide from. Now I got to just pause there a minute and go back to the previous section because if I don't go back to the previous section and realize why he's writing what he's writing now and look at the reason he's saying what he's saying now and let's try to explain what I may have missed in the previous section in the very last paragraph. And then I'll be done. It says in the middle of that paragraph, you can have not two realities, but one, nor can you be aware of more than one. An idol or the thought God holds of you is your reality. There's the gap. that I would want to forget. That everything I do is a cover-up for the one idea that I have lost as my true reality, the thought God holds of me. All of these toys that this section is talking about, all of the activity, all of this, all of these ideas and all of this system and, and everything that I would do is a cover-up for this insecurity that arose in me that I am trying to fill. And when that charade ends, so does all of what paragraph 55 would, would help me to see, I've done. All the things I would forgive that no one ever did because I made them up to fill this gap between what would fill my mind with truth as my one reality that I would want and another one based in dreams of satisfactions that can never fulfill. I am complete. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you so much, Bryce. It seems that I am applying a set of rules that I made up 
to what is God giving me a view of myself from the other. And if I be here now and drop my rules, I will just love what is happening. My mindset has to stop making up what I want, looking out there and seeing what God is giving and the love that is teaching me to be. And when I drop my own view of it, ask for the Holy Spirit's perception, then the true perception starts to dawn. It's still a perception. But then I don't want to attack it because it's not violating any rules. Maybe violating the ones I made up, but they're not real. So now I can relax and learn to see and love and be here now instead of here. Be here now the way I want to see it. I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Good takeaway. One sentence in 55, You're, you are but asked to let your will be done and seek no longer for the things you do not want. Uh, that's the ego's uh, attacking everything. That's looking at all the trouble that is not there. It's all, <laughs> it's, it's all the rules that uh, uh, the ego would try to make up to fill that gap. Um, and, and to let your will be done. And I love the idea that it's really that simple to just focus on what you do want without any of the what you do not. Um, it really is strange how much the ego tries to fill the gap between what I would want and what's not here now that I would want. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm complete. Thanks. Let me butt in again. I'm going to be quiet. Go ahead. The way you do that, the way you do that, and the way the course has come to mean to me is you do that by asking for the true perception knowing that you're going to look and judge. Look and judge. Look and judge is the first thing that happens. They are tied together from your not having a different advisor than yourself. And I look and judge, and then I say, show me the true perception of this, because I want to see my will. My will is God's will. And the Holy Spirit will comfort me with God's will interpreted for my perception, and I will relax and attack nothing. I'm done. Nice. Thanks, Rob.
I was drawn to that first paragraph a lot um, as well, especially um, that second sentence and on. You always fight illusions. I can know I'm always fighting or wrestling with illusions because he says the truth behind these illusions that I'm taking on is so lovely and so still and loving gentleness. Were you aware of it? You'd forget defensiveness entirely and rush to its embrace. What's he speaking of here for me? He's speaking of everything. He's speaking of everything I ever fight against, wrestle against, work to deny, withdraw from, um, reject, withdraw my love from. All these things are misrepresentations that I've taken to be the truth. But if I could see past my misrepresentations, my illusions, and see the truth of what's there instead from the standpoint of the truth of me, then everything would relax. As you've described, Rob, everything would relax. There'd be no fighting, no wrestling, no grieving, no, no um, feeling betrayed by this life or this world. In the second half of that paragraph where he says, all idols are the false ideas you made to fill the gap you think arose between yourself and what is true. If I go to the heart of that single sentence, I get one sweetheart message. There is no gap between myself and what is true. I can just sit with that one. Just take that in. My God, there is no gap actually, between myself and what's true. There is no gap. There's no distance. There's nothing that actually separates me from the memory of what I actually am. And in light of that, what's true about everything, the actuality of what everything is and represents without my misunderstanding, filtering everything, distorting everything. There's no gap between myself and what is true. When I reject what's true and I introduce instead what I prefer to believe about myself and prefer to believe about everything else, then I've introduced a gap and I insert all my stuff in that gap. Those are my illusions. Those are all my misrepresentations. That's all my false beliefs. Um, I love reading the truth behind my misrepresentations. is lovely and so gentle that I would rush to its embrace were I to see it clearly. Thanks, I'm complete. Oh, that was beautiful. The gap is our own rules inserted in what we're in or seeing. Inserted. Inserted. So rapidly. So 
beyond the speed of light that now we see what wasn't there through our filters. Very, very wonderfully. Thank you, Rob. Robert Perry has a term for that, by the way. Instantly made, instantly forgotten. I-M-I-F. That we're constantly inserting a misrepresentation, doing it, um, and then forgetting that we've just done it. So it's, it's just that moment-by-moment filtering that we do to, to, to defend against the truth. Complete. Perfect. That boy's got a head on him. Thank you. This is Sharon. Thanks, both of you. This is Sharon. It occurs to me that, again, my all I really need to do when I've realized that I have sided with ego is to not um, attack myself for siding with ego. <laughs> so because that's that's what the double whammy. I hurt myself, and then I hurt myself for hurting myself. <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Um, so I, I need to be in the position to hold and maintain the understanding that ego is just going to do its thing because it's what I've asked it to do from way back and it's really good at it. And I don't have to feel badly about that, about the fact that I let it happen again because it's, it's an automatic reflex, almost like breathing in a sense. Um, until it, until that's distant, totally unplugged all the way. But all I need to do is say, oh, it's okay, Sharon. Sorry you got hurt again, and let it go. Thanks, and complete. Thank you, Sharon. Yes, beautiful. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, I appreciate this section uses the word reality as often as it does. The section title, after all, is The Truth Behind Illusions. Um, He's willing to call the truth behind my illusions reality. And if there is no gap between myself and what is true, if I've only imagined that that gap exists between myself and what's true, 
then right here with me, always just on the other side of my um, confusion is reality. What the ego and its thought system has done is interfere with reality and shape it into appearances that accord with the ego's outlook and its formulation of things. That's what I think he's telling me when he says in 54, appearances can but deceive the mind that wants to be deceived. And in 53, where he says appearances deceive because they are appearances and not reality. Dwell not on them in any form. They but obscure reality. And they bring fear because they, these appearances, hide the truth. Nothing hides the release the truth would bring to me other than my attachment to the appearances I've become accustomed to. That's my, that's my single request of Holy Spirit. It's my single request of my Father. Lead me past appearances. Let me today behold the world as you would have it be. For I am as you created me. This I accept today. I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Man. Thank you, Lee. Maybe it's like the, yeah, thanks again, Lee. It's like to zero in um, a little bit on uh, what uh, the temptation to hang on to uh, the persistent ego as something that I would fear is something that I think this last paragraph uh, offers me some relief from, where it says, dreams are for nothing, and the Son of God can have no need of them. I could just replace that with uh, the ego. Ego is for nothing, and the Son of God can have no need of ego. Ego offer him offers him no single thing that he could ever want. He is delivered from ego by his will and but restored to what he is, is what is the ego but a false self. So this last sentence is really important. It says, what could God's plan for his salvation be except a means to give him to himself or a means to restore him to his whole self, which only the ego would deny. And what is the ego but a false gap falsely maintained by these beliefs that my illusions of myself offer me something I would want. Guilt, fear, 
uh, fantasies of being something other than what I am. I just like the idea that this last section offers me really the relief from the temptation to hang on to any belief that my ego would offer me something either that I would fear has the capacity to take me somewhere I don't want to go or offer me anything other than unreality. I'm complete. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Uh, this is Mary. A sentence in 54 hit me uh, today, uh, or the whole paragraph, really. Appearances, appearances can but deceive the mind that wants to be deceived. And you can make a simple choice, just a simple choice, that will forever place you far beyond deception. You need not concern yourself with how this with how this will be done. For this you cannot understand. Just to accept that sentence is hard for my ego. <laughs> I love it. I love but, that sentence. Yeah. And then it goes on to say, but you will understand that mighty changes have been quickly brought about when you decide one very simple thing, you do not want whatever you believe an idol gives. That's, that's a complicated little want. You do not want, I do not want whatever I believe an idol gives. I think I want what something I, in the illusion, gives me. But I don't. And I have to convince myself of that and express that. For thus the Son of God declares that he is free of idols, and thus he is free. Whatever one little idol offers me that I think I want, I do not want. That frees me from that idol. That's a, a paragraph I could live by. Thank you. I'm complete. And I have a list of idols I love a mile long. <laughs> I just have to go and check off and check out. 
Thank you, Mary. Me too. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mary. Perfect selection, Mary. I love the Christ Cabaret. This is where even God is welcome. You know, this is Bryce. Uh, I just... Um I just want to mention for myself here, uh, I uh, I think it's okay to enjoy life. Uh, when I say that, I mean enjoy life now. Uh, to enjoy life now means that my joy is in my reality now. And part of that joy expresses itself in loving appreciation of everything that is now. And as I extend my true self to all that is in love and enjoy being, then my joy contributes to my life. Life doesn't contribute to my joy. My life is the source of all joy. And I just think sometimes uh, the ego would play a trick on my mind and make me think that there's something externally to me that would bring me joy. But there's certainly nothing wrong with experiencing joy in the moment, bringing that into my experience. Uh, to me, that is no illusion. Again, in this section, the illusions are just the things I make up about reality. And it would be that that I would attack because I'm adding or trying to add something to what is and make it special by my addition to it when everything is always perfect and complete. Right. That which I attack, what I have inserted... Perfect. Thank you, Bryce. 
Thank you, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. Well, each and every time everyone shares a resonated truth inside of me that I just, I know that is meant to come out. And I'm so grateful for every, everyone showing up. And we're at that time where we transition into the day. So does anyone want to offer a closing prayer? This is Mary. I have one. Yay! (laughs) This is from uh, Circle of Atonement on Lesson 163. Our Father, bless our eyes today. We are your messengers, and we would look upon the glorious reflection of your love, which shines in everything. We live and move in you alone. We are not separate from your eternal life. There is no death, for death is not your will. And we abide where you have placed us, in the life we share with you and with all living things, to be like you and part of you forever. We accept your thoughts as ours, and our will is one with yours eternally. And for this we are grateful. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.